You're listening to Post Perspectives Meet the Artist podcast, sponsored by Puget Systems. Hi, I'm Randy Lautman with Post Perspective, and welcome to the latest episode of our Meet the Artist podcast. For this edition, writer Ian Blair spoke to editor Kirk Baxter about his workflow, working with the director David Fincher, and more. Thank you so much for doing this. I've seen all your films. I think you even worked on Zodiac with Fincher, right? Did, yeah. Uh, going way back. So um, let's get stuck in on this one. Um, I mean, obviously, you love working with David. You've done so many projects with him. But what was the appeal of this? Without going into a book, just... The appeal of this particular film? Yeah. I was more excited about this than than most. Um, there's, a, there's a streamlined simplicity in the approach that I think is quite opposite to a lot of movies being done right now in this type of genre. Um, and it felt somewhat punk rock to be stripping it back and presenting a revenge film that was going to sort of be done with, um, I guess, a lot of uh, rules of gravity applying. Right. Um, so give us some sense of, on this particular project, how you collaborated with Fincher. I mean, how did you approach this very dark, somber story? I try not to weigh David down with too much um, background questions. I, I keep myself very reactionary to what is being sent. And David, I think by design, isolates me a bit that way. I'll read the script. I'll have an idea of what's coming. And then I'm simply reactionary to what he's shot. Uh, and if it deviates from the script, it's because of the physicalities of capturing things. Um, there was a general overarching simplistic sentence that was, the film is about process. When the killer is in control, everything's going to be deliberate, steady, and exacting, and quiet. We're going to live in Ren Kleiss's sound design. And when it explodes out of the killer's plan, then the camera is going to start to shake. I'll start to jump cut. And music, Trent and Naticus will come into the picture. And, and, you know, then all of our senses start to get rocked. But it was this very sort of almost zen kind of stretching in each setup of each story of each kill and then survival so that that was the sort of overarching way to approach it and then you know like all things there was a thousand um intricate decisions that you make along the way each day so give us some sense of working with david on the edit you said that you know, he kind of keeps you out of the loop a bit till you get the material. So I assume you never go on the set, right? You just no. You just get dailies. Correct. 
And then you, what, do an assembly and show him and then start together? How does it work? Well, we, we go back and forth almost daily when he's shooting. David will remain very involved. Um, and he'll text me. Um, very rarely will he need to call me during an assembly. Um, it, it's kind of very abbreviated, our communications. But I put um, assemblies up on of individual scenes up on a program called PIX, and David can be frame accurate about feedback. Sometimes I'll send David selects of things, but often on larger scenes, a select sequence can be 30, 40 minutes long, and it's difficult for David to consume that during a working day shooting. So I've started to kind of develop a pattern where I'll, I'll um, things will be sort of half edited, half selected. I'll, I'll work out my own pathway through things, but then open up and include some multiple choice in it um, in, with things like performance or nuance, or if there's multiple ways to, to tell something. I try to include David and share with it. Um, if I leap to an edit without um, showing the mathematics of how I got there, often the professor wants to know that you've done the work. Right. Um, you know, the film starts with that whole bit in Paris, the hit in Paris, right? And I heard that... Obviously, part of it was shot in Paris, but I heard actually that all Fastbinder scenes were done on a stage in um, Louisiana, New Orleans. Is that right? I couldn't tell you where it was. It wasn't there. But um, well, but the... well, I guess my point is um, to walk us through that. I mean, it sounds like it was quite tricky because you have stuff on a set, then you have you know Paris. And you, it's like a whole puzzle, right, that you have to put together. Yeah, it's a, it came in pieces. The Paris part, what they shot on location is what they physically have to do on location in Paris. So it's when you're actually outside in the streets. So the location inside the We Workplace is a set. And that came as a separate thing. What made it more complex is what's across the street is the target came even later in terms of the, t the target arriving and, you know, the, the lead-up to the, the attempted assassination. Oh. All of that information came much later, and I needed to assemble or I needed to create a story that was working with just the killer's side of the information so that Fincher knew he had it, he could strike that set and move on. So my my first version of, of that scene was just with written words of what was happening across the street. So I built it all out with the song, with how soon is now, with the voiceover, or with an intention of what's coming. And then when you get the other side, eventually, um, I kind of had to recalibrate it so that it wasn't um, boring or oh. you couldn't kill him. 10 times over and, and work out how to hide him. And so there's a, there's a lot of sort of bites at the apple of how to tell something efficiently and well um, with suspense. Right. 
Give us some sort of overarching view of the challenges of editing this whole film. It, for me, it was a very uh, difficult film to edit. Um, but I said previously that when you when you're dealing with movies that have a lot of characters or a lot of speaking, the dialogue can kind of lead you through scenes and. As much as as performances need to be crafted um, and and land, there's a, there's a, a skill and a nuance in all of that. It, it creates a tempo of its own. There's a musicality to voices and talking. And when you're dealing with a silent person moving through space and time without others sort of forcing the interactions, you've got to create the pace um, and. It's very much a, a world of we see what he sees and his temperature controls the pace of the movie. He slows things down, he speeds things up. And that's it, the way David covers things. Um, it, there's always a lot of choice. There's a lot of multiple choice for how to move through stuff and how to present how information comes to an audience. So it was a very particular and a very fiddly film to get that part feeling correct for us. Um, the voiceover, anytime you deal with voiceover, it's always uh, in flux. It's quite easy to keep writing a voice and keep placing it, keep streamlining it, remove it, bring it back. That impacts picture. So it it was... The ultimate design was for things to look simple, and it's it's if you're doing your job well, it's typically well. It doesn't make it doesn't make sense. But the ultimate what we're always aiming for with David's movies is a simplicity. It's like what's the easiest, simplest way to present this, right. um, and that's not a straight line to that goal. It was a hard. It was a hard thing to do. It was a hard thing to sell a straight line. You're listening to Post Perspectives Meet the Artist podcast, sponsored by Puget Systems. Uh, what was the most difficult scene to cut and why? I think the scene with Dolores um, begging for her life in the bathroom. Uh, that was very challenging um, because it's somewhat torturous watching a person that is almost innocent getting killed. So I was, it was. There was a lot of nuance in performance with her, with how to uh, make it bearable for us to watch as a viewer. And that's my role always. I'm the viewer. I'm the fan. I'm the Fincher fan. I'm the viewer. I'm the kind of one least informed. And I'm, and I'm the one trying to sort of make things that I want to see um, and learn as I'm doing them. I think that the scene with Tilda was rather difficult as well um, 
probably because she's so good. The, the, the scene was a lot longer than what we have now, but I had to base the... I had to kind of work the scene out based on what Fassbender was doing, not what Tilda was doing. And it, there's only so many times I cut to the killer not responding without diluting that power. So it it got reduced by about a third in order to give more weight to no vocalization and to allow him to push that scene forward by the smallest micro movements of his face. And that was a scene that we we played with for quite some time to um to really perfect. Uh, there is, you know, some humour in the film, dark humour. Um, how tricky was it trying to, you know, manoeuvre that and, uh, you know, just get it exactly right? I think there's always dark humour in David's movies. David's a, he's a pretty funny guy. Yeah. Um, I, I love all of the humour in it, especially in the fight scene. With the, there's such brutality in that physical fight scene that the humour makes it survivable, I think, for an audience to watch. To It gives you pauses to be able to kind of uh, relax and catch up, and brace yourself for what's coming. Um, and there's a, a lot of humour in the voiceover throughout the film. Um, and so the voiceover is more about how to place it in its best best way possible and to work out what we don't need. I mean, all that the audience gets now is what's left, but there's a, a lot of experimentation with what we want to use and what we want to cast away. Did you use a lot of temp sound? There was some rather awful temp stuff that we put in just to get by. But usually um, Renkleis is brought in before the end of a process, Renkleis, the sound designer, and he will do a, um, a kind of guide mix, a rough mix of where we're at. And from that point on, we continue to edit, but we get to use all of that with it. And the same goes with Trent and Atticus. They will sort of throw at us you know, like 40 minutes of music fairly early on in the process, and that's how I tempt the music in the film, using their palette so we didn't have to do needle drops from other films. All right. What about visual effects? I, I assume there have to be a certain number. Did you do temp effects? or? I would do temp effects when they're based on storytelling and timing. Um, and there's the, always there's so many split screens with what we do. David will keep things still so that I can manipulate within a frame. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of visual effects that are, that are all about enhancing a picture, not so much you know, things like um, adding flares and adding texture. There's a lot of that sort of work with David, so I don't need to get bogged down with that when I'm getting a, a cut ready to be locked. 
that all comes afterwards and enhanced. It's mostly the things to communicate storytelling and timing and know that we're secure in our choice to be done. That's what I have to deal with whilst editing. Did you guys do many test screenings? Test with ourselves, yes. Yeah. I mean, like with friends and... Yeah, there's a... There's always a, a trusted crowd that David um, will show, but we don't, didn't do test screenings in the conventional sense of bringing in piles of strangers to see how they respond or react. Uh, David's more likely to bring in experts or a, a you know, or someone that's part of a trusted crowd, but not a filmmaker, just to sort of see if they're watching through their fingers. So how long did the edit take in the end? Um, you know what? I actually don't know. I, it wasn't a year. It was a little bit shy of that. It might have been... Oh, no, I think it was. I think it was October to October. Yeah, it was, it was close to a year, and then David did a couple of pickups. And where did you do it? Um, I do a little bit at home when he's away filming. When David's back in Los Angeles, I like to be near him, and he comes in and out of the the office, or so I work out of his office in Hollywood. And then we actually picked up and went to Miraval in uh, the south of France at Brad's property, um, and he had to set up a cutting room there, and we worked there in the summer for a couple of months, which was kind oh, of amazing. You poor guys. Yes, it was very difficult. I was pleased that we remained disciplined and got our work done yeah. in an environment where one could easily lose track of why you were there. You've won the Oscar, is it twice now? You've done so many huge projects with David. Where does this rank in terms of uh, the overall experience for you? Um, I thoroughly enjoyed making this movie. And... As you move on, I think your memory of the previous ones fade and all that matters is what you're doing at the time. And I enjoyed it enough to want to do his next. It's more, as I get older, it's less... Uh, well, no, I'm not going to finish that sentence. <laughs> so what is next? Have you got another project with him on the horizon? I think David's always sitting on a bunch of eggs waiting for one to hatch. They all have their own speed. Um, I try not to badger him too much about what's coming until I know it's in the pipeline. And finally, we need some tech info. It might be easier for you to email me or do you have it at your fingertips? Meaning, uh, what did you edit on? What was the storage set up? Any, any tech specs that you can give us i can give you my my usual answer which is for me um editorials more of a mind fuck it's a heady game you know much like writing and you could use a pen and a paper or you could use a laptop or you could use a typewriter i view editing pretty in a similar space like i'm just interested in what I'm crafting, and I can be a Luddite because I've got a great team around me, 
that is interested and curious and all the other things. I, I have no curiosity in, in the technology of it all. The technology of it all it um, just allows me to do my work efficiently. Um, I know we work on Premiere and we have done for quite a few movies in a row. Um, it is an excellent tool for us with being able to share multiple projects, open at multiple times and have all of the team working on different things. Um, but for the the storage and all of it, I've never asked. I'm just not interested. Thank you for listening to Post Perspectives Meet the Artist podcast, sponsored by Puget Systems. For more information, please visit pugetsystems.com.